You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. The entire epiphany narrative in Matthew, if we understand it in the context in which its original audience would have heard it, it speaks of liberation and justice for those who are pushed to the undersides and edges of their society. And it calls us today to work alongside those same communities in our context. Happy New Year, everyone. Our title this week is Epiphany, Baptism, Solidarity, and Justice. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our reading this week is from Matthew and Mark. We have two uh, gospel readings uh, for for this upcoming weekend. Let's begin with Matthew's first. It's the story of Epiphany, Matthew 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests, teachers of the law, and others, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was was at. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the first thing to note in this week's reading and in this epiphany story is just how the author of Matthew appropriates and incorporates a famous Roman mythic event into the narrative of the birth of Jesus to to lay the foundation, which is going to happen throughout the Gospel of Matthew, of contrasting Jesus and his kingdom with Caesar and the Pax Romana. The event that Matthew's author is lifting here from from Roman storytelling is the story of the Julian star. In July of 44 BCE, a a comet had appeared in the night sky, and, and it was there for about seven days. The Romans interpreted this as a sign that the, the recently assassinated Julius Caesar was divine, and it came to be known as the, the Julian star or the star of Julius Caesar. 
Caesar Augustus even put this star on the back of of the Roman coins that he made to bolster his claim that he was the the son of the divine Caesar Julius. Publius uh, wrote in Metamorphosis. Yeah, uh, this is, I'll put a reference to it in this week's. Um, this is uh, Ovidius. He he. I'll put a reference to it in this week's Eastside. But uh, he writes: Then Jupiter, the father, spoke. Take up Caesar's spirit from his murdered corpse and change it into a star so that the deified Julius may always look down from his high temple on our capital and forum. He had barely finished when the gentle Venus stood in the midst of the Senate, seen by no one, and took up the newly freed spirit of her Caesar from his body, and preventing it from vanishing into the air, carried it towards the glorious stars. As she carried it, she felt it glow and take fire and loosed it from her breast. It climbed higher than the moon, and drawing behind it a fiery tail, shone as a star. So here in Matthew's birth narrative of Jesus, the, the author is, is, is stating that another star or another comet, uh, is what we would call it today, appears. But this time it's not, as, it's not at Caesar's death as a token of his divinity, but it's rather at Jesus' birth as confirmation of the claim that this child will grow up to be special too. But, but those who, who follow the star here in, the, in our Epiphany story, they're not the Romans. They're Rome's closest enemies, the Persians from the east. And, and the question has to be raised, would their presence be interpreted as Herod conspiring with Rome's enemies? What did, what did they mean when they said king when they referenced the child return to the child as king and how would such talking how would that impact Herod's standing with Rome if it escalated and was reported back what is the narrative purpose here in this story of Jesus being recognized by Rome's enemies and what's the narrative purpose of baby Jesus being the victim then of attempted murder by Rome's servant Herod. Remember, Herod was in charge of maintaining the Pax Romana in this region. There's no stable in Bethlehem in this passage. The Magi find Mary and the baby Jesus at a house in Bethlehem. And, and who were these uh, visitors that, that we call, that, that are referred to in the story here as the Magi. Well, in, in the liberation of Christmas, the infancy narratives in social context, Richard Horsley explains that the Magi were the royal advisors and they were priests to the Eastern kings, the Medes and the Persians. That's on page 57 of that book. And, and, and this, is, this is no story that we might be used to today of of the personal piety of these individual wise men you know they weren't this wasn't just gentiles recognizing jesus when we understand this story in its historical context we we begin to see that it was filled with political tension the Persian characters here, the Magi, they call our attention back to another ancient liberation figure in Jewish history among the Persians, and that was King Cyrus. 
and first, I want to look at a few verses from Isaiah that 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 talk about Cyrus as Jerusalem's liberator. Because remember, the early Jesus birth narratives were liberation narratives. They had this liberation theme. So this is from Isaiah uh, forty four twenty four through all the way through 45 25 and i'm only going to pick out some snippets here but this is what the word of the lord says your redeemer who formed you in the womb i am the lord who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers who says of jerusalem it shall be inhabited and the towns of judah they shall be rebuilt and of their ruins i will restore them who says to the watery deep be dry and i will dry up your streams who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. Remember, Cyrus was king of Persia. He is my shepherd, and I will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt in the temple, let its foundations be laid. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze, cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name for the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name, talking about Cyrus, and bestow upon you a title of honor. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city, set my exiles free, but not for price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. So, so what's fascinating at least to me, is that Cyrus had his own birth narrative, too. When Cyrus was born, the, the Median Magi, the, the Magi of the Medes, they were, the, again, the royal advirus, uh, advisors to Cyrus's grandfather, um, and, and uh, he was king of the Medes. And he, uh, these, these Magi, they interpreted the strange dreams of, of the king, of the grandfather that he was having at that time. As foretelling that that this baby that had just been born, who is Cyrus, would grow up to usurp his throne and become a great king and conqueror himself. We know today that Cyrus's grandfather was the last king of the Median Empire. Uh, but at that time, he, he was feeling threatened like Herod in our story. And, and then the king, Cyrus's own grandfather, he tries to have baby Cyrus killed as an infant. And the Jerusalem audience for whom Matthew was written would have understood these Persian Cyrus, uh, 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 these repeated themes and they would have seen cyrus as more than a usurper of just the median throne he he, he not only became the persian uh, the king of the persian empire but he also was the liberator of the jewish people and he authorized their return from the diaspora to rebuild jerusalem and again you find this in isaiah 44 and 45 of that we just read. But here in Matthew, then, as with baby Cyrus of old, you have these magi from the east, from Cyrus's own culture, showing up 
to recognize Jesus and proclaiming that this baby boy will now grow up to be a king and a liberator too. All of these political details, they speak to us today of the liberation hopes of of the people that for whom Matthew was written they were marginalized they were living under roman oppression and 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 they were again Matthew's the, the gospel of Matthew's target audience with this now Matthean star Jesus was going to be placed on the same playing field as the Caesars. The Caesars had their Julian star, Jesus had his star too. Through the presence of the Magi Jesus would be interpreted as a, a second Cyrus, a conduit of, of liberation for the oppressed. And just as Cyrus was a threat to uh, his grandfather, the king, long ago, Jesus would now be interpreted as a, a threat to the powerful, the privileged, the property, including Herod and Herod's household. Jesus, this baby, would be interpreted as a usurper of the, the status quo with, with these liberation effects rippling all the way back from Herod's household even up to Rome. The entire epiphany narrative in Matthew, what it speaks to, if we understand it in the context in which its original audience would have heard it, it speaks of liberation and justice for those who are pushed to the undersides and edges of their society. And it calls us today to work alongside those same communities in our context, to work for change, to work for justice, for a world that is safe, compassionate, and inclusive for everyone. So now let's take a look at, at Mark's story of Jesus's baptism, because this weekend we'll be looking at that passage too. And, and it's also, again, part of, of uh, the, the lectionary readings there. We'll be reading from Mark 1, 4 through 11. It says, So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. My favorite part of Mark's version of Jesus' baptism is the way that Jesus' baptism here is tied to uh, words that the original audience for Mark, Mark's original audience, would have also recognized from Isaiah. This is Isaiah 42, 1 through 4. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice, and he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teachings 
the islands put their hope. So the purpose of this delight, this upholding, this this chosenness, is that the servant in whom Yahweh delights and upon whom the Spirit descends, in the text here in Isaiah, it says, well, the purpose is so that he will bring justice to the nations. It's all for the purpose of establishing justice on the earth. So as this new year begins, let's take some time to reflect on the liberation themes of epiphany, liberation for those who are being oppressed at that time, and the establishment of justice in the themes of Jesus' baptism, where uh, today are, are we waiting for, for justice to be established? And I can think of so many areas right now where there's justice work being done. Wherever we're working for justice in our world today, these stories, remember, they remind us of the biblical witness that we're not alone. The God of the Exodus stories, the Hebrew prophets, the Jesus of the Gospels. <clears throat> in each of these stories, each of the themes of these stories, we, we see that the God of these stories has always stood in unflinching solidarity with whichever communities and voices throughout the ages have cried out for, for liberation and justice. And we're uh, with that God. We're standing with that God whenever we're standing in that same solidarity with those communities as well. Heart Group application this week, number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does the Jesus story inform your own justice work today? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I just want to say a special thank you once again to all of our supporters out there. If you'd like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries, you can do so by going to Renewed Heart Ministries and clicking Donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on X or Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta's New Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen media, social media platform for our daily post. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please. Uh, uh, like us there and, and subscribe and, and, and leave us a positive review. This will help others find our podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd Leonard and I take a moment to talk about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading, just like we did here in the context of love, inclusion, and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking, as in justice, but that during our brief conversation that, that you'll be inspired alongside of us to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube.com uh, forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. 
once you get there, please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, all that stuff as well. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can do so at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my latest book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. Happy New Year. I'll see you next week.